Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode, a special episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Why is it a special episode? My name is Mitch Michaels. That's because it's NHL season. Hockey is back tonight. I'm going to talk to my buddy Joker Sally about every division race in hockey, who we like, who we don't, what divisions will be very tightly contested. We pick eight playoff teams as well as a Stanley Cup prediction as well. Hockey's back, and we have a detailed preview on the Money Mitch Effect to get you ready for the first game tonight with the Capitals and the defending Stanley Cup champ Blues. And then I'm going to talk to my buddy Ryan Souls about NFL Week 4. The Patriots and Chiefs barely remain undefeated. Some other good games as well. The Browns bounce back. The Cowboys lose on Sunday night to the Saints. And a lot in the wide world of football. That's on the Money Mitch Effect today. Let's start the show. All right, hockey season is here on the Money Mitch Effect. It's time to preview the 2019-2020 NHL season. Joker Sally is here to do that with me, Joe. It's uh, a pleasure to be talking with you at any time, but especially on the eve of hockey season. Let's do it, man. I'm so stoked for tomorrow. Yeah, as a uh, as a Rangers fan, you know you still got your Yankees in the playoffs. But uh, the good thing about hockey, talking with you right now, is that football season's over. Well, give me give me a break. I don't even want to talk about that, man. I was like Joe's a Broncos fan, by the way. Of, I was I was on the verge of tears two times in the same season that happened. Like, give me a freaking break. They they take the lead with a minute or so left in the game, and they lose twice. The first time was ridiculous. First of all, that there's no way a guy can call a timeout with one second before the guy even hits the ground. So that was BS. And then. Not to mention the phantom roughing the passer call in that game. And then another phantom roughing the passer call in his last game, which is ridiculous because Minshew fumbled the ball, which makes him a runner. So regardless of whether or not he throws it, he gets hit. And, and, <laughs> uh, it's just ridiculous, dude. And they couldn't get one stop. They, they make one play down the field, and then the game's over. I'm mm. just sitting there ripping my hair out. Well, I don't think they're as bad as 0-4, but it, it, you can't start 0-4 and really have success. I think the Chargers came back once, but they're really it. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, uh, be that as it may, football season is still going strong, but we want to start with the start of hockey season. A lot of turnover in the league. Blues are the defending cup champs. They opened with the Capitals in the first game. But there's a lot of hockey. We're going to go through all the divisions and just give our thoughts, who we like, who we don't, and make some playoff and cup picks at the end. We'll start with the Atlantic Division, Joe, where the big story is going to be how does Tampa Bay, still the most skilled team in the league in my opinion, how do they bounce back from the most embarrassing postseason collapse, choke, whatever you want to call it, ever? It's funny that you say embarrassing because it's your team that beat them. I thought you would give it a different word. Well, no, I I mean, mean, we're talking about them now. Yeah, we're talking about them now, and they had the greatest regular season of all time, and they had the worst with the expectations playoff showing that any team's ever had, too. So they added some pieces. They added Pat Maroon. They added Kevin Shattenkirk. They're they're still very loaded up front. Goaltending is still pretty strong with Vasilevsky. I want to start with the Lightning. Do you think they're going to have a strong season, and do you think they'll put the ghosts of last year in in the closet, or are they going to still be a – kind of hurt a little bit i mean it's hard to it's hard to say that they're not gonna have another good season i mean they have they have the talent but you said they added some pieces but they also lost a couple 
pieces too. I mean, losing JT Miller, you may mm. not think that that's a huge deal, but he was a pretty good uh, guy for them down the stretch, and he was a good goal scorer. Getting guys like Pat Maroon, guys that have proven that they've been there. They've got that young center, Braden Point, who was really good last year. Maybe they're hoping that he can have another repeat of uh, last year this year. Uh, as far as them being as dominant as they were last year, I, I don't see it. But, I mean, obviously I can see them being a playoff team or a team that's in it. I just don't know if they have it in them. But like like we've talked about before, Victor Hedman's one of the best D-men in the league. I think Sergachev makes another step forward for them this year. McDonough, obviously proven uh, good D-man in the league. And them getting Shattenkirk. It's basically just like looking at the ex-Rangers defense over here. But <laughs> um, they have the talent. They have the players that can get it done. Stamkos, um, he's you know one of the best centers in the league. So I don't know. I Looking at their depth chart right here, I mean, or their their lines, they're a little off kilter compared to what we've seen from them the last couple of years, but they definitely have the talent to get it done. Yeah, I think one of the big stories with a lot of teams in this league that I think are posed well, uh, primed for runs, is that they re-signed key pieces. So maybe they didn't lose or add necessarily the big name, but they didn't let other their big names on the roster get away. Braden Point is an example of that. They lock him up. I think I think Tampa Bay just didn't play a lot of big games down the stretch. They get to the playoffs against a team that had to fight to get in, and uh, they performed horribly. But as long as they have that skill, Stamkos is in his prime. They are going to be fine to be in the mix and make another run. The rest of this division, though, and, and we know Tampa's going to be a factor. It might not be, though, the lock to win the division. There's definitely a tier I think we see in the Atlantic. Like, Joe, would it surprise you? It would surprise me if in some variation it's not the same top three as it was last year because I do think Tampa, Boston, and Toronto have separated themselves with the next five in this division. I think so, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a team like Florida mm, maybe make a jump the, this that's year the to darling, get up huh? that top three. They, I mean, you and me have talked before, Joe Conneville is one of the best coaches of all time in NHL. So he goes in there. They have the talent. They had got some really good production out of players like Dadnov last year, who wasn't a big name, but you know he was a, a proven goal scorer, a decent, solid point guy for them. Um, Bobrovsky, they got your guy Bobby there, and mm. that, so that's a big upgrade for them. Huberdeau has been great. Markov, another good demon. Trocek is a, he was a thirty goal scorer two years he was, in a row. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I like they, their they D have, as well. You know, Ekbald and the Andal are good uh, as well, and I think they're going to push for a playoff spot. I just think Boston, I know it's hard to go from losing the Cup, losing Game 7 on home ice, and, and bounce back, but their style up front, Marshawn was a 100-point scorer. They've added depth with Pasternak, with other great players, DeBrusque, that I think Boston is going to be a team that's tough to beat on a night-in, night-out basis. And then Toronto, I know they keep losing these Game 7s to Boston, but I, I'm I'm buying into Toronto this year, Joe. I think it's going to start to come together even more more surely because they finally made some upgrades on their defense. I think, and uh, keeping everybody that we said, I'm starting to like a little bit more what they're doing on the back end, and I'm going to just keep trusting in the development of Matthews and Marner now that they're locked in for the foreseeable future. No, I totally am with you on that. I was driving in this morning and I was debating back and forth who I was thinking of picking at the end of the season and the Maple Leafs are definitely up there for me I mean they have the, the players Matthews is just amazing other than his off the field issues so far off the field off the ice issues uh so far this year but I mean he was my first pick in fantasy so I'm definitely rooting for them mm-hmm. but uh not only do they have those top tier guys but they have the young players that can help supplement and get it done like 
Janssen. He's going to be on the line with Matthews. He had a really good year last year, 20 goals. Kesper Kapanen on the top line with Tavares. Those are two young guys that I think that they're going to look at this year to produce for them. And like you said, they updated their D this year. Cody Cece was a great pick for them. Tyson Berry, they got him over from uh, Colorado. And, I mean, a lot of people are questioning whether or not Frederick Anderson is a Stanley Cup caliber goalie. But if you look at it, he's been – He's been proven to be pretty good for them, and Hutchinson's not that bad of a backup to have, and if they have to go back and forth with them, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. And their third line, they have a decent amount of question marks, but I feel like they have the right amount of uh, veteran leadership in there. They got Spezza, and you know, I, I think that they're going to be a lot better than, than maybe they were last year. Yeah, and I don't think you need him to be a Jordan Bennington type where he needs to be lights out with this offense if he's a cup goalie in Anderson. I think he can just be good, come up big in big games. He doesn't have to have that save percentage. Uh, rest of this division before we move on, not a lot of hype out of there. Any team that you think can make a push, clearly we're not going to say the Senators. Uh, <laughs> just move on from them. Detroit, <laughs> I don't think the the <laughs> they probably will be. Detroit's probably not there either way. Maybe Montreal if they put it together with Price still in net. And then Buffalo, who we were high on last year, who didn't really do it, has a new coach. Would probably be the only two. Do you think Buffalo or Montreal can make a move this year? If I had to pick one, I think I'd stick with Buffalo. I mean, I, I'm I'm just not feeling Montreal. Like you said, uh, Carey Price, uh, to me, is like their only really redeeming quality. They don't have that guy. I mean, Max Domi is pretty much their best player. And... I just don't believe in that. I just don't believe in their yeah. roster, and I, I don't know. They, they would be definitely a big surprise for me if they were somewhat of a playoff team. I like Buffalo's coach Kruger coming in from, I think, Germany, what he's going to do. I just don't know if the roster's there yet. Montreal's the team, Joe, where if there's enough seasons from hell where things go bad for everybody else, maybe they just sneak into the playoffs, but I don't probably see it either. This division seems very top-heavy, maybe the most in the NHL. We'll go now to the Metropolitan Division. Joe Crisali here on the Money Mitch Effect. Talk about some division depth and some turmoil. This is one that uh, we're all vested in, me and you specifically. But uh, different teams to discuss, different storylines to go over. And uh, number one I want to talk about is the team that made the deepest run of any team in this division last year playoff-wise, and that was the Carolina Hurricanes of all teams. I'm going to ask you this question, Joe. Are they primed for another run, maybe just even get into the playoffs, or do you think last year might have been a little bit of a fluke? I mean, I could see it. I could see them making another run. I could, Maybe not as far as they went last year, but I definitely think that they'll be a playoff team again. Um, I like their young I like their young wingers, and Jordan Stahl is a great leader for them on their top line. Ajo was amazing last year. It only gets better, I, too. I wouldn't be surprised. I would, would not be surprised if he keeps that up again this year. Um, they have a couple question marks on D, but Dougie Hamilton was really good for them last year as well. I think Sveshnikov, their first-round pick from last year, makes a step forward this year. Uh, Tuvo Turvinen, one of the best names to say. Great alliteration. <laughs> um, he was really good for them last year. And I feel like they have a good amount of depth you know, across the board. Eric Hall on the third line with uh, Martinuk and, Z- and Zingle. Um Gardner, they got him, and you know I like their their, decom- their uh, goalie combo with Rodzik and, and Ramir. Yeah, well, this to me is a clear playoff team. I think this division's deep, and I don't know where they're going to fall. They could win the division. They could get one of the wild card spots, but I love Brendan Moore as a coach. They added Edmondson, and they also got rid of Falk, who that contract was the, the, the potential extension was kind of hanging over their head, so I think it's good for, for that roster to 
have him, you know, moved on and have a guy in Edmonton that's got some big game experience. I just want to say another thing, a guy you didn't mention, maybe the most underrated player to me in the NHL right now is Slavin, that defenseman. He was a fourth-round pick, and he is a stud. I think he is going to have a very long career. He played amazing in the playoffs, was shutting multiple players down. Uh, This is a playoff team. I don't think last year was a fluke. I know the one thing, though, is they don't have their captain back. Justin Justin Williams is probably retired, but we're not sure if he's going to come back. So they they do have some new leadership at the helm. But this team is young. They're only going to get better. I think they're going to be a a playoff team. And oddly enough, I'd I'd actually say, Joe, to me me and you, I'd say that the Capitals and the Hurricanes are the two teams I expect the most consistency from. Like you could tell me there's going to be a lot of variation from every other team in this division – from a deep playoff run to maybe missing the playoffs. But the only two teams I really feel confident about to make the playoffs, the most confident, would be them and the Capitals. I could see that. I like the Capitals' depth, too, as much as I like Carolina's depth. I just think Carolina, I would honestly give Carolina a little bit of an edge over Washington. I feel like they're younger. They're more energized. Ajo's only 22 years old. They have a lot of that young talent that's starting to prove themselves in the, in the league. But, I mean, the Capitals, they got Ovechkin, obviously, 50 goals a year. Yeah, Can't it, really count that they have, a, they have a cyborg who doesn't slow down. He's fueled by just slap shots and Russian vodka, and he just isn't going to slow down. I mean, like, no, Ovechkin might break – he might break Gretzky's goal record in an era where it is way harder to score goals. Like, I just want everybody to let that sink in. We'll never see goal scoring like this ever again. You don't think we'll get another – 50, 50, 50, 50, 50 guy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe three or four fifties. It's just it's funny when like you know Matthews or Tavares or or you know high end players score goals, score fifty goals in a season. Pavelski has has a huge year. It's like oh my god, amazing. Ovechkin just does this every year. We're numb to it at this point. You 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 just expect it. You're like okay, Ovechkin's got fifty again, whatever. And <laughs> He's then in someone his else mid thirties. Like, oh my god, give him give him the trophy. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Capitals have some depth issues. They aren't as deep as Carolina is. And defensively, I think they've made some improvements late in the year. But they still have some big-name players. Holpe's 30. And, and uh, you know, him and Baxter are actually free agents next year. So it'll be interesting to see how they buy in. But they're dangerous. I know this is a short window. But they have another two, three years with this core to win the whole thing. It just shows you how tough the NHL playoffs is. They could be out in the first round, or they could win the whole thing. But I think the Capitals will be right at the top, pushing with the division, probably with Carolina as the top two teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I think the player to watch for them, too, this year is Jacob Brana. Last year, 24 goals, 47 points. They just signed him uh, earlier this year to a two-year deal. Um, I think they're expecting a lot of that out of him. I, I'm, I'm going to be have my eye on him. Also, I took him in my fantasy draft, so I definitely <laughs> hope he works today. And he's on a line with C.J. Oshie, who you and me both love. So I'm expecting big things out of him this year for them. Uh, a team that I'm very intrigued to watch is a bubble team for me, Joe, is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I know that we would both love to see them miss the playoffs. They have the longest current streak in the NHL. I think it's like 12 or 13 years, dating back to Crosby's second year in the league, I think. But this is probably the first time I'm going into this year into a season saying they could not make the playoffs. Like they lose Kessel, they didn't really get a lot younger. They still have Genzel, who's like their next big young stud. But Malkin is getting older. Crosby's still at a very high level. But Murray didn't play all that well last year, and the D is aging. I think there could be some questions in Pittsburgh this year. I think there could be some questions, but to expect them to be worse than they were last year, I don't necessarily. See that happening 
Malkin had one of his worst years mm-hmm. of his career last year. He only had, I mean, I mean, in, in the scheme, grand scheme of things, it's a pretty decent year. 21 goals, 51 assists, but I don't see him having that bad of a year again this year. And, I mean, Sidney Crosby, like you said, everyone is getting up there in age, and he's definitely one of the most injury-prone prone players in the league. But I honestly think the season for them will ride on how Evgeny Malkin does compared to, to last year. But like you said, Jake Ensel, another young stud, but Honestly, you throw anyone on a line with Sidney Crosby, they're going to turn into somebody great. They got Galchenyuk on that line with Malkin. But, and last year, they, they missed Letang for most of the season. So it's, their whole season, to me, I think is going to depend on their ability to stay healthy and what happens for them down the stretch there. Matt Murray, great goalie. Yeah. Um, they don't have, they definitely don't have as much depth as the last two teams we talked about, the Hurricanes and the Capitals. So, I don't see them being at the top. If they do make the playoffs, I think they'll be kind of a wild cardish type team, but um, I definitely could see them getting in, sadly. Love Chris Letang. Uh, great, great game, great, great head of hair, but, uh, you know, he's old now, so I don't, I don't know if he still has that with all the injuries he's had. And, and maybe to me, Joe, it's how deep the rest of the division has gotten could be another thing. It's not that the Penguins have gotten worse, but even the floor has risen. Uh, another team that made the playoffs last year that I'm not really buying into this year. Call me a hater or not, but I don't think the Islanders will back it up. <laughs> I'm with you there. I, you Didn't know, that just seem like a career year for a lot of those guys? Like, Props to Barry Trotz, unreal coach, one of the best in the last 20 years in the NHL. But that reminded me of a couple years ago when the Flames made that run to the playoffs where it was a different team, but everybody had career years and everything just went right that could go right. And then the next year they fell back to earth. I'm getting that vibe with the Islanders. It seems it seems that way. I mean, last year not having anyone be a 30 goal scorer, no, not one player on the roster. Brock Nelson, I think, was their best player last year, and he only had around what 50, 60 points. Uh-huh. But like you said, it could it definitely feels like it was one of those fluke years where everything that they did just went right for them. I they just I just don't see them having the amount of talent that every other team has it seems like their entire roster is just a bunch of second and third liners i don't see the big star i don't see the big stud and just looking at them compared to everyone else in that division i don't i don't see them making it in i mean but like you said pittsburgh is old and if there's a team that could get past them and if there are injuries that they keep getting injured every single year then it could be the islanders i just you know i it's just hard to it's just hard to predict them because last year who said anything about them going right. anywhere but they have a great coach and who knows but i definitely think they take that step back this year before we I, get i don't, see the, I don't yeah. see the players on this roster holding up for them i think the rest of this division which we're going to get into some teams that we we care about in a second but i think the rest of this division is interesting too you have the flyers who i think are going to be pushing for the playoffs this year it kind of fell off the fell off in the middle of the season last year but they have a goalie now in Carter Hart. I think they have somebody they trust behind the bench now as well. And I just like what this roster has built. The uh, the Devils, Joe, I just I don't think they're there yet. This is a team that's on the rise, certainly, with Hughes, with P.K. Subban. But they're not going to be, in my opinion, it would be a shock if they made the playoffs this year. Uh, and then that leads us to our two teams left, Columbus, that lost all their good players, and the Rangers that... Seems like the rebuild's going well. Another team that could push for the playoffs, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, no. I want to I get back to, before we get and in, dive into the Rangers here, which I definitely have plenty <laughs> that I would like to talk about, I want to 
go back to the Flyers. One, because I hate them, but also because they decided to pay Kevin Hayes $7 million Okay, a yeah. Year. Now, that's, now that's crazy. That is. But does that help them in the short term? Probably. Does that screw them long term? Most likely. <laughs> Not, yeah, but I don't think Kevin Hayes is that player. Like, they weren't a Kevin Hayes away from being a cup-contending team. Them no. signing him was just idiotic to me, especially for that much money. Sure, they have Giroux and Couturier and Boracek, but everyone else, Provorov, great young defenseman, and like you were talking about, their young goalie, Carter Hart, but I just, I, I don't like the Flyers, never have liked the Flyers. Them signing <laughs> Kevin Hayes put a huge smile on my face because I was like, all right, Kevin, you want to go over there and play for the Flyers? Sure, suck up all that money and totally <laughs> screw them. Thanks for doing the Rangers a favor. I don't. I think they could make the playoffs though this year. I just, yeah, it could be a long-term disaster. I just want to say about Columbus to dive into them. I know they lost all their key pieces, and it sucks that that run that they made last year. It seems like it's going to take a step backwards. But there's going to be that. Uh, the only the only thing that could get this team going is uh, if Corpusalo is is a good goalie. That would be huge. They definitely need that, or it could fall off fast. But Tortorella the whole year is going to be like, hey. Hey guys, everybody thinks you suck. <laughs> so that that's going to be the one thing that might motivate this team to do well. I think it's going to be a battle to make the playoffs. I'm going to say no, but I wouldn't count that team out as an underdog. We've seen it before. The, your biggest your biggest hope going into this year is the players saying, "Hey, we suck, but we can do it. We did it last year." You got <laughs> you got Seth Jones. You love Seth Jones. I think he's one the best the- in the game or top three. Top, I'll say top oh. five just to be safe, but. He's up there. I'll give you top five, top three. I don't know. But he's fourth in Norris voting last year, so I mean, yeah, he's definitely, up there. Definitely one of the best teams in the league. But I mean, looking at the Blue Jackets, I just I don't see them making that run like they did last mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's not even like they made a run. They did everyone a favor by eliminating Lightning early. So Bruins and six, and I'm the Bruins sure swept NHL the Hurricanes. Fans, but yeah, I'm pretty sure NHL fans outside of the state of Florida love Columbus. Probably. Now uh, Now, to your Rangers before we move on to the West. Your thoughts on whether you think this is going to be that playoff push here? Or, or let me ask it this way. do you? What are the expectations for you as a Rangers fan? Like, is it playoff appearance or bust? Or could it be a successful year without getting there? That's a tough question. I was very, very critical of them last year. But you got to give me some slack there. Call me some slack there. Because it's been a while since they've sucked major ass. So... It was really hard to watch all year, and all the moves that they were making, constantly bringing guys up and down from the AHL, making all these trades, getting rid of everyone, making trades that I necessarily didn't even agree with, getting rid of McDonough for Nemesnikov, who did absolutely nothing last year. But this year, I'm optimistic. Uh, Kako coming in at that second pick, just I love the guy, you know? You see a player like that come in, and like I told you before, Finally, 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 a player that they draft that comes straight onto the roster, doesn't start in the AHL. Now, I know that that happens all the time where players start down there, like Chittle and Kraftstoff, who they sent back down. But I'm really, really excited for this year. Zabanajad was a great pickup for them. I wasn't a huge fan of them getting rid of Broussard for him off the bat, but I understand with the contracts and everything, Zabanajad, younger player, he had 74 points last year. 30 goal score for them, and they pick up Panarin. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, they, sure, they paid him a ton of money, but now you got the advantage out of Panarin on that top line, matched with Truba, another another big trade for them, which they traded a first round pick away for him, which are kind of like, what are they doing? They're trying to rebuild, but think about it, that's a late first round pick. Their top line, their second line, their third line, I feel like they have so much depth 
so yeah. much young talented depth that I don't necessarily know if it's going to mesh right away, but I could see the team doing something very, very good this year, at least, you know, in the fans' eyes. And I'm not expecting them to go far. I'm not expecting them to do a ton, but I'm, I'm expecting them to do something. I mean, well, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for the young player. I want to see Henry get somewhere and be oh, excited. See, see that's the thing. And, and I think this is going to be a fun year for the Rangers, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. The issue is going to be at the trade deadline when they're a couple games back. I don't want to see them make a move. The Henrik thing is like I, you want to see him get his cup, but the rebuild timeline doesn't necessarily match up with him. I think the Ranger rebuild is going great. Don't rush this. Don't screw this up would be my advice. So no Ranger playoff this year, but a very exciting season just on the outside. I'm That's there. my prediction. I'm there. I'm right there with you. I, like, do not, do not screw Henry, this up like teams Henry, in the past have. Lots of teams have gone too fast and screwed themselves so let's just if henry can hold on for a <laughs> just couple more years yeah. just a couple more years buddy we got project we got how gonna come back yeah. up maybe the mexican turns it on Kako, I'm sure yeah you know, he could I'm be rookie sh- of the year so could be i'm sure I'm the la- this year. It's been a while. i'm sure the ladies in new york would just like him to hold on for a few more years too oh uh, we're gonna go to this yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go to the western conference money mitch effect joker sally nhl preview uh, the Central Division. I want to do it this way because this division was just insane last year with how tough and deep it was. But five teams made it, and I want to talk about, realistically, Joe, the teams that didn't make it. I don't think they're going to make it again. So I think Chicago and Minnesota sucks to suck, but don't see you guys getting in. Do, do you agree with that, or do you think I'm wrong here? I agree with Chicago. They don't get in? Okay. I, like, I don't think Chicago gets in. I don't. I I'm feeling a little frisky about Minnesota this year. I like Matt Dumba. I like their pickup of Zuccarello. Obviously, you know I like Parise. Constant, consistent uh, goal scorer for them. They're not super deep, but I don't know. I'm just, you know, you just get that little feeling. I, I think they're I they're, they're the they're the it, Islanders of could this be, year. It could West. be indigestion though. <laughs> Possible. I mean, I'm feeling all right, so maybe we're okay. But I, I, I like I, I like the Wild this year. I don't have an exact reasoning as to why. I think Dubnik is a good goalie. He doesn't mm-hmm. get a lot of credit. Um, I feel, I feel like they're going to be all right. Well, they got Bill Guerin in there to Bill run Guerin, to yeah. run everything, and I think that's a, a much needed hire. Their old guy lasted a year. Spurgeon's a great player, and they re-upped him. I just think this division is way too deep. Like, five made it, and it's hard to get five teams into the playoffs. We think some of the Pacific teams might be a little better than somebody who made it last year, in addition to if the Wild make it are going to be cut out. So I'm not ready to say Wild playoff. I think they're going to be better, but just can't can't see it. I, Paul Fenton had a brutal I, tenure in one year. But uh, Chicago, on the other hand, Joe, just too old on the back end especially, and no consistent goaltending as good as Patrick Kane was last year. Just don't see him getting any younger. Oh, yeah, Chicago's toast, for sure. I mean, I agree with what you said about the Wild, that the rest of the division is very top-heavy, kind of similar um, to what we were talking about before, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make it in somehow. I I like the rest of the teams in this division. The Stars somehow got even better than they were last year. So did the Predators. So did the Predators. They got better, too. Uh, and, look, if we're talking who's the next team, like who do I have finishing fifth in this division and, and fighting to make the playoffs, maybe being out, 
Joe, it's the Winnipeg Jets. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. They just they didn't they didn't have that spark at the end of the year last year, and mm-hmm. I, I I'm going to see that carry over into this year. And they had some trouble with their top guys going here in this off season. And I don't know. I don't know much about the Jets this year, uh, making a run or even making it in. They might not even make it in. You think it, that's a possibility? I do think it's a possibility. We're going to get to our picks, but I think it's a very good possibility. They lost Truba, who we said. And Bufflin's not with the team. He might be retired. He's stepped away. That's two big defensemen. They're, they're probably their two Huge. best. And they're not going to be there. And, and you run the risk I mean, of Connor and Wine got their contracts. Connor signed his big deal, much earned. He's a two-way player. Wine was a two-year deal. But are these guys going to get a little complacent? Wine wasn't good for a large part of last season. So I think the Jets are going to have some, some issues there with the rest of this division. They're going to be relying on their goaltending a lot. And if Hellebuck can play at an ultra-high level like he did two years ago, then they're going to be in. But I don't know if that's realistic. Could they have a similar drop-off as, as bad as the Kings had last year? I could, I mean, I'm not going to go that far. Because, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll save my pessimism. If you're a Kings fan, you're not going to like what I have to say in about five minutes. But uh, we'll, we'll save that. No, it's not going to be that bad. Uh, the, uh, the rest of this division, though, is just so tough and so loaded. And i got to start with giving, pre- giving credit, giving props to the Stanley Cup champion Blues. They start their title defense tomorrow or tonight, if you're listening to this, as I said. But... It is so hard to repeat. I know the Penguins did it a couple of years ago. Before that, it took about 20 years to do so. And I think this is a roster that's built for the playoffs. They added Justin Falk. They're going to be ready to go. Biddington's going into a full year. But they have been celebrating and partying for about, what, three months now? <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't expect this team. Let me put it this way. Divisional title is, to me, kind of out of the question. But this is a playoff team that is just going to be trying to play their best hockey going into the playoff months. I think we still haven't uh, given ourselves a pat on the back yet for Blues and Seven, have we? No, we haven't. We haven't. Uh, and I had Blues. I think I picked them every round except for the conference final. So I we'd have to go back and look at the archives. But this is it's I'm tough to repeat. Cool. They had a short off season. They've all been taking the cup to their countries. If they're you know especially the foreign guys. So. Um, We'll see how they start off. Unlike, unlike you, I wasn't – Falk is a great player, but I wasn't a huge fan of the Falk signing. I felt like that was kind of disrespectful to Petrangelo, who was also looking for a deal, been their guy his entire career. And they go out and they get Justin Falk and they sign him to this huge deal. Now they have great demons across the board. Pareto is awesome. Boom Easter's awesome. But the Falk deal seemed like kind of a stretch for me. Um, I just I like where they were at last year. I don't know how that's gonna uh, blend well with Petrangelo. I don't know how that's gonna go for them. But the way that they played in the Stanley Cup playoffs last year was just unreal. Schwartz uh, last season injured for a big majority of the year. Excited to see him get a full season there under his belt. See how that plays off with Shannon Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, one of the most amazing pictures hoisting the cup last year. Or on Great the plane, player. on the plane with the cup, shirt buttoned down, um, chest yeah, hair flowing. That one yeah. too. <laughs> I like their young forwards, Barbashev, Fabry. Um, I mean, there's not much to, not much else to expect from them this year. They have the talent, they have the players. I, I don't know if they're going to go back to back though, but they're definitely going to be in it. Bennington, 
was my was my fantasy goalie choice this year, so I got him and Holtby. But <laughs> I'm I'm high on the Blues. Well, the rest of this division is going to make it difficult for them because we mentioned uh, Nashville. I do really like the upgrade, the choice of, you know, P.K. Subban's a great player, but they sacrificed him for that second-line center they've needed for about five years in Duchesne, who we know can make a difference. I know he can make a difference in the playoffs. Uh, Colorado re-upped all their guys, Rattanen and uh, McKinnon back, you know, Rattanen getting his contract. They uh, they got Cole McCarr in the playoffs, and he just came in and lit it up. That team is very dangerous. But, Joe, we might not agree on everything. Here's one we agree on. I'm buying into the Dallas Stars this year. Very excited for this hockey club. Oh, it, you're finally coming around one year later. Hey, you know is what? I think this they, is, is the year. Is it because they got Pavelski? Is it because they got Pavelski? I'm pretty sure that, that might do it. Rupi Hint also might have it take another huge step forward for them this year. Oh, and they Has got a third-line forward that uh, is the biggest rat in the NHL, and I say that as a compliment. Corey Perry, also a star. Uh, he, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about Corey Perry on the stars. He hasn't had a good year. You don't need much, while. though. I mean, the Ducks didn't have any depth whatsoever, and he was asked to play top-line minutes. That's not going to be the case in Dallas. Ben Bishop is back to being the Ben Bishop of old. Playoffs were just incredible. Yeah, I'm in on the stars. I'm in on I'm in on, you know, a lot of teams in this division. Colorado I think will be good too, but yeah, in on the stars. I agree with you on the stars. I think they, they go deep in the playoffs. Um love Sagan at the top. Sagan Ben Pavelski on that first line. Who who competes with that? Heskinen, one of my favorite young defensemen in the league. He was so awesome last year. And I think that they just come back this year even better than they were. And you know I had them pegged as my winner last year, and I guess I was a little, I was a year early. might be hard for me to pick them two years in a row, but <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, man. But I want to get back to Colorado there, like you said. They have, they, they re-signed Rantanen, McKinnon, top, what do you say, top three player in the NHL. Yeah. Him and Scott mm-hmm. and Rantanen off the top. Those guys are awesome. Mm. Their D has been pretty good. Kale McCarr, I'm really excited to see what he does in a full season. He was ridiculous coming straight out of college into the playoffs and just dominating. So I think he he has a potential to be um, rookie of the year. And, you know, Colorado, I just I don't know. They're just not as deep. I feel like when we talk about the West and the NHL, it's like, we're, it's, like it's the NBA. They're just – it's so deep where you just want to take some of the talent, some of these players, and put them in the East. But – well, it's just—it's going to be very hard to, to decipher who's going to make it in and who's not going to make it I, in. Because Colorado's good, Nashville's good, Dallas is good, St. Louis is good. Yeah, but you're just mentioning all teams from the same division, and that's where I think we're going to have a balance because we could see five in the playoff again from the Central, uh, the Pacific, which I kind of want to take my attention to now here on the Money Mitch Effect with Joe Crisali. We got to play the game of are four going to make the playoffs, or is it just going to be the same three as last year? <laughs> because. I'll tell you two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, sucks if you're a Southern California resident and a hockey fan, but it ain't going to happen for the Kings and the Ducks this year. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I immediately just write them off. Not even worth uh, a breath. No. Uh, starting with the Ducks, just a good old, I mean, I'll give it a few breaths here. Uh, <laughs> the Ducks got a new coach. They have a lot of veterans. They have no youth on the team uh, other than maybe Raquel, but – that's about it. I, I don't. I don't know what they're what they're building long term. And the Kings are just going to be terrible. Like it sucks to say that they have McClellan in as the coach, former San Jose and Oilers coach. 
it, they're they got Drew Doughty in his prime and not much to show for it. And they're holding on to the aging era that won cups. So yeah, my advice to uh, Kings and Ducks fans would be just appreciate the fact that you've won cups in the last ten to fifteen years. Yep, that's <laughs> all I have to say. <laughs> they're the Ducks and the Kings. They have taken a crazy nosedive since recent years, and they're not coming out of it anytime soon. Gibson, great goalie, one of the best goalies in the league, but he's screwed. He's got nothing in front of him. Quick was great for a while. He's screwed. That signing of Kovalchuk a couple years ago just was like, okay, you're trying to make your fans believe that you have a chance when you're just the laughing stock of the conference as of now. And Joe, uh, my next worst team in this division, it pains me to say this, another team that I don't have making the playoffs is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I hate to say this because Connor McDavid is essentially turning into Mike Trout, which really sucks oh, and is depressing. That's the exact thing I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just McDavid. It's Dreisaitl, too. He's a stud. But they've never figured out the goaltending. Their depth is atrocious. Their defenseman isn't much better than that. Uh, it's it sucks. I want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see McDavid, who continues to light it up on a nightly basis, play with some quality teammates, and it just isn't happening. It's very very sad to see a player like Connor McDavid just going to waste, like like he is. He's, I mean, I still think he's the best player in the NHL, and a lot of people are losing sight of that because he's on such a bad team every year that. The first couple of years he was there, we were all high in the Oilers. We were like, oh, wow, look at this guy. The Oilers, they have a chance to make it. And then the front office just kept screwing it up. That trade for Adam Larson, in hindsight, that was just terrible. I mean, he's a good defense defenseman, but they gave up too much for him. Like you said, they never figured out the goalies. Mike Smith, they brought him in. He's a great goalie. He can not only save goals, but he can score goals. But, um, I mean... The rest of the team is just hard to look at. Well, we'll go to the top of this division. I agree with that, unfortunately. It's just brutal to look at the rest of that team. Um, we saw who won the division last year. It was my darling pick that I have got right, the Calgary Flames. Calgary, I think it's simple with them, Joe. If their goaltending's good, you know, and it's going to be this uh, Riddich guy who's going to be probably their starter this year. The team is uh, is. Primed for a lot of good offensive years coming up. I think they're going to have another good year. I do think the Sharks, I mean, Wilson, the GM, has done a great job of rebolstering that roster. They lose Pavelski, which is going to be a loss, but they have some good young players come in as well. And I'm still high on Vegas. I think what they've done, putting a, a quality forward, maybe a top, maybe one of the best top six uh, forward combinations we have in the league together. I think those three teams are going to be the class of this division. We can debate where they're going to finish, but it would be a full-on shock to me if that wasn't one, two, three in some order. I think I'm with you there. Um, Golden Knights, I feel like they're a class act of that division. I feel like they could win. They could uh, be at the top of it out of those three. Um, I would be surprised if a team like the Coyotes maybe makes a step forward a little bit this year. I know a lot of people are predicting them to – make that little jump, but yeah. I just don't see them surpassing teams like the Sharks and the Knights and the Flames. Like you said, Riddick's great goalie, and they have Johnny G. Mm-hmm. He's consistent consistency great every year. I think the, the Pacific is going to look a lot like it did last year. Coyotes, last year, they made that push at the end. and, and we No, thought they, they got Phil Kessel. 
So that could be the case again this year where, I mean, I went to a game last year and there was no one in the stands, so it's not like to say that <laughs> the fans are excited that, that they are going to be in it. But Sharks, Knights, Flames, I think those are the guys that come out of that division. Um, I would I, not be surprised to see a team like the Canucks. Yeah, I'm glad you said it. That's year. that's the team I'm looking at to maybe be be that playoff push team because under the radar, right? Like Pedersen is insanely good. Marstrom and, and Demko are good. This team is 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 getting built built very very soundly. And Travis Green is a good they, coach. I, I think this could be the one that surprises people. They have definitely been going completely under the radar since. Uh, the season ended last year. They signed J.T. Miller. We talked about him leaving the Lightning and that how that creates more of a hole for them than people may predict. I think he is going to maybe spin it around for them. Last year, they were basically a 500 team. Now, they have the great young count. We talked about Pedersen. He is just ridiculous. And Brock Boser, awesome. Awesome goal scorer, big guy. They signed Tyler Myers. Markstrom now, I don't really know if he's going to be you know that great of a goalie for them. He hasn't been in previous years, but their team may not be very deep, but I feel like they have the young talent to maybe surprise some people. And they could be the team that could maybe, maybe, maybe get in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be really tight in the West, but the Canucks, they, they wouldn't, I mean, they would surprise me if they, right. if they made a run at it like that, but um, they could be that team this year. It was kind of like last year we thought, hopefully they don't turn out like the Sabres of last year like we thought, but um, I think they're a little bit better. Well, it's that time, Joe Crisali, Money Mitch Effect. we got to make our eight playoff team predictions in each conference. We can throw in a cup prediction as well at the end. But, Joe, let's start with the East. Eight teams get in. Who are they? Ooh. Well, let's go right off the bat. Let's go. You want to go from top to bottom? No, just, you know, you can just list by division and then maybe wild card too. I mean, it it really doesn't have to be that picky. I just want to know who you think is going to get in this year. No standing or anything like that. All right. We got Bruins for sure. I think Bruins, Panthers, Lightning, Maple Leafs. Okay. Four in the Atlantic, which means we got four coming up in the Metropolitan Capitals, Devils. Wow. Devils. Hurricanes. You know I want to say the Rangers. But you're going to say the Penguins. That's what you're going to say. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, You know, I'm going to say, I'll go with the Penguins. So you're putting the Devils in and not the Rangers, huh? Huh. Wow. Players that are on, I don't know what it is, when there's players that are, God, I hate myself for saying that. I'm putting the Rangers in. Okay, the <laughs> Rangers Devil's over the Rangers. Penguins. Wow, both in. Yeah. And no Islanders either. A lot of turnover in the East. I'll say my East teams are going to be Lightning, let's see, Lightning, Maple Leafs, Bruins for sure. Uh, thinking if I want to put another Atlantic team in. And then the, uh, in the Metropolitan, definitely Capitals. Hurricanes, I'm going to put the... Flyers in. I think they make it this year. (laughs) I know that just pains you. I'll say Flyers and I will say I'll agree with you and say the Panthers. Quinville gets them in. I think my fourth team in the uh, Metropolitan Division is not going to be the Penguins this year. 
I'm going to say I, I can't put Columbus back in. Unfortunately, I don't think they let me do that. Uh, want them to, but uh, I will say the Penguins get in this year. Uh, I think they're going to bounce back in. You're looking at it and you're like, man, these teams at the bottom here, it's going to be really that last spot. Those last two wildcard spots are going to be yeah. so hard. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're in. right about the West having too much talent. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll say the last two teams to get in are Penguins and Panthers. Uh, all right, the Western so, Conference. So the only ones, the only ones we disagree on. I guess the only team we disagree on is the Flyers. Yeah, which, I, I'm. I'm. I feel pretty confident that they're going to get in this year. I do. Sorry for you as hating the Flyers, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Western. Not Con- I hate them. I just, you know, I don't like. I don't like it. Western Conference. Who you got? Oh, this is going to be hard. This one's going to be tough to take. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll start in the Pacific. We'll go Sharks, Knights, Flames. And then we'll go up to the Central. Let's go Stars, Predators. Oh, man. I You know I want to pick the Canucks so bad to make it in? Uh-huh. In the Pacific. Uh... All right, we'll go Av, Stars, Predators, Blues, okay. Flames, Sharks, Knights. And then one more. Jets, Canucks, Wild, Coyotes? That's it. Uh, it could be the Wild. Wild, all right. No, I like it. That's good. That's good. I'm going to say the same teams you said, except I will put the Canucks in instead of the Wild. Yeah. I think the I'm Jets sure missed the this year. Pacific Jet- Northwest, man. I should go with the Canucks. No, I think you're good. <laughs> Wild is good because you're on this one. I'm not, and that would be good if they make it. You got that over me. So um, we both kind of agree that the Canucks are close. Um, and then a cup final. How do you have it going this year? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go Maple Leafs. I'm really high on them this year. Mm-hmm. Maple Leafs are going to go up again. Ooh. You got to say it. You got to do it, man. You got to put them in, because I and think about how fun that series would be. Maple Leaf stars. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, I'll go. Oh, man, Leaf stars would be ridiculous. All right, we'll go. We'll go Leaf stars. You know, I really thought about uh, putting the Flames in, but I just can't right now. Don't really see it. I am going to agree with you and say Leafs, but I want to go old school, new school. I'm going to say Leafs, Golden Knights. I like that as the final matchup. I think that's what we're going to see this year. Uh, those two teams. I am leaning Toronto to win the whole thing, though. I think that would be my pick right now. You're, you're, uh, are, you're writing off the Sharks, huh? I, I think they're good. and But that series last year was amazing, and it flipped on that penalty call. Um, but I just think the Knights are built for it. If, if, Flower, if Flory can stay healthy you know, at 35, I think they're a really good team. But we'll see. Uh, uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you there. Stars is are tough to put in. You know, teams that get those big signings and everything, they don't necessarily match in the first year. Things mm-hmm. don't always go exactly as planned. Everything on paper does not translate exactly how you no, want it to doesn't. right away. So to pick the Stars to get in it right off the bat there, I mean, they were good last year, right, to add a couple pieces, but you don't necessarily know how that's going to play out, and obviously they're going to be good. But I like, I like your nice pick there. But I'm with you, though. I think we're both on the Maple Leaf train for the Cup this year. We are. I think it's time. Uh, the last thing I wanted to get your thought on was the MVP because it's a fun one to do. 
especially because we consider the, some of the best players in the league, McDavid and Kane, are on bad teams. So maybe they won't win the MVP regardless of statistical years. My MVP fit, pick, Joe, is Nathan McKinnon. I think this is his year. Ooh, I like that. I like McKinnon. Hmm. Kucherov last year, but who do you think it'll be this year? Man, I think it could be uh, Matthews this year. Ooh. If the Maple Leafs are going to make it that far, and if they're, if they're going to be as good as we say they are, somebody's got to be that I guy. I like it. And I think, I think Matthews could be that guy. All right. Well, I can't wait for hockey season. We're all ready to go, Joe. This was fun. Thanks for making those picks. We'll see how many are right or wrong. And, uh, yeah, we got some added interest now, especially on your fantasy team, too. So, Joe Crisali, thanks for joining <laughs> the Money Mitch Effect and talking some hockey. Yeah, man. Always fun. Can't wait for the year to start. Huge thanks again to Joe Crisali for making some good picks. Mostly good picks. I think a few might have been questionable, but we'll see. We're both on the Leafs train like the Stars, some other teams as well. And uh, hope to be proven wrong by the Blue Jackets, as uh, I'm sure Joe is of the Rangers. He wants them to make a run as well. So we'll see what happens at the start of hockey season. But it's on record now. We can't go back. Uh, starting tonight, Capitals and Blues. Can't wait for that one. All right, now it's time to talk to Ryan Souls. We're switching sports, talking football. Week four in the books. Patriots, Chiefs keep moving on, albeit in a rough fashion. We talk about the other breakdowns, what we really don't like about the Minnesota Vikings. We got into them as well. The Rams lose to the Bucks. That was another shocker. It was an unpredictable week four. Here's Ryan Souls now to break all that down on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, week four in the books here on the Money Mitch Effect. We're going to break all that down with friend of the program, recurring guest, Ryan Souls. Ryan, quarter of the way done. We're just flying by in football season. It's been pretty exciting. Thanks for coming on the show. Man, I'm happy to be here. It seems like as we get older and we talk about these seasons for the years, it just seems like it goes quicker every year. It does, and this was maybe the first week that we saw some uh, a level of unpredictability that really kind of turn the league on its access. We have, what, 13 teams that are, I think, 2-2, two and two, and you have about 75, 75% of the league is feeling pretty good going into uh, going into Week 5. I'm just looking at all these standings, and you're looking at the entire AFC South. Most teams in both conferences are at least 500. I think it is about you know 24 of the 32 teams are 500 or better. So, yeah, I mean, it's parody. It's the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, and... The fact that in the NFC, we really don't know if there's a great team. And in the AFC, we're just we're seeing an old dog kind of, you know, the greatest of all time kind of look human for the first time in a while. And we're seeing this new kid come in and look like he's going to keep the league on fire for a long time. Yeah, I want to get to the NFC later. I do think there might be one great team. Uh, first with the AFC, you mentioned the greatest of all time at the quarterback position, Tom Brady. Certainly, uh, they improved to 4-0, but really no thanks to him. The Patriots won 16-10, but one of Brady's worst games in recent memory. They got this done with defense, special team. Josh Allen got knocked out of the game. That was another big factor in this one. I want to give props to Buffalo's defense because this is, this is clearly, Ryan, a top-10 defense, and they were every bit in this game. 
but they could not survive losing Allen late. He didn't really play great, but when you went to Barkley late and you, you lost all threat of a of a formidable passing or, or running passing combo, I think that spelled disaster for the Bills. Absolutely, and I think you know, and I don't want to kill Josh Allen too much, but I just feel like if the Bills have, if you had twenty backup quarterbacks in the league, the top twenty backup quarterbacks, I feel like they beat the Patriots. You know, because last week, I just think you needed someone who could manufacture some offense that wasn't uh, a 15-year, maybe first ballot Hall of Famer, Frank Gore. So it's crazy, by the way. I just want to say he's now third. You think he's fourth all-time? 15,000 rushing yards. He's fourth. He's soon to be third all-time in rushing yeah. yards. He just yeah. keeps going and still has bursts, which is crazy. And, and Allen didn't play great, obviously, either before he got hurt. But his ability to run kept the Patriots on their uh, on you know on their toes. And I do think that when you have a defense as good as Buffalo, you're going to give yourself a chance to win this game. The Patriots, I think this is the best thing that Belichick could have asked for, Ryan, is uh, a win an ugly game, and now he gets to just grill them all week in practice and in film. So especially if you're on offense, it's going to be a brutal week listening to him. But this is what you want. You want to get these ugly games out early. You know, nobody's perfect. I mean, the Patriots are 4-0. They could have lost this one. We think they're, you know, an odds-on favorite to make a run at another Super Bowl. But they're going to have bad games, too. So they won, they survived, and they've got a lot to work on. Absolutely. And just one quick note on the Patriots. You know, you're right. But Belichick is definitely going to have his way in the film room this week. But I think we need to acknowledge, and they never will make this excuse, so the media really doesn't talk about it either. But they're injured, especially on the offensive line. They don't have David Andrews, who I think is just so underrated. Having a, a really good center is so underrated, and they've had him for the last, I think this is his fourth or fifth year in the league. He's just been super consistent. They're on their, I think, fourth left tackle in three years. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to, when you're playing against a good defense, and Tom Brady looks like he does, he was also trying to run for his life, too. And if the Patriots don't do what I think you and I both are expecting them to do, it'll be because they, I truly believe they couldn't keep Tom healthy going into the postseason, and that starts up front. Yeah, the line not giving them help on their ground, too. Michelle didn't really have a good day either. The running game wasn't there. But the defense, as we've noted, is as good as any Patriots defense has been in the last decade. So mm-hmm. they're going to be in the mix. The Bills are going to be in the mix for a wild card spot. I do believe that, given... The fact that there's only three teams above 500 uh, in the AFC, and they're one of them, so a lot to like still with the Bills losing this game. The Chiefs were the other team that that just survived a uh, a loss. They were very close to losing that game to the Lions, another team that I know there's no moral victories in the NFL. Ryan, that's the Lions' first loss, and we're as hard as anybody on them, but they had the Chiefs on the ropes, and they could have won that game. Blew my uh, expectations away with how they performed in that one. I don't know if this team is just starting to buy more into Matt Patricia. I think it helps when Matt Stafford, you know, goes 21 to 34 for three touchdowns, no interceptions. I think that helps a ton. But when you can run the football, do as much as you can to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, you know, it takes when speaks running a fumble back. You know, it takes things like that to beat this Detroit team, and I think that's a good sign going forward. But Great, you know, good teams probably don't beat the Lions, but great teams 
beat the Lions under these circumstances, then I think it, spe- it speaks a lot about both teams, but I think it says a lot about Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the Lions having a running game like this in Stafford's tenure with Carrion Johnson? This is the first time no. I can remember they have a legit running threat. And all due respect to the great Megatron, Calvin Johnson, but the receiving depth, I mean, no one's as good as him, obviously, but they've got some solid options. It Galladay is a stud. Marvin Jones still gets after it. They, Hawkinson, is, Hawkinson really good. is a great tight end. Amendola still gives him something. So Stafford's playing efficient, and their defense made plays. You know, Kansas City was sloppy. A lot of fumbles, a lot of turnovers. Credit to the Lions, some uncharacteristic sloppy play. From the Chiefs, maybe they were not fully focused. Maybe they were overlooking a Lions team that, like a lot of us, didn't expect to be great and up for the challenge, which they were. But at the end of the day, Ryan, whether he's playing great or he's not, which he clearly wasn't on this day, he still got Mahomes fourth quarter drive with the game on the line fourth and eight he's making the plays this is another test that you know quarterbacks are going to be tested in this league time and time again can you grind out a win when you're not playing your best and Mahomes did that on Sunday absolutely and I think this really speaks a huge tribute to him because he didn't play great but he also didn't play bad yeah, he minimized the big mistakes. Absolutely. I mean, he had zero interceptions, and he still has zero interceptions through the, the first quarter of the season. So they threw the ball 42 times, no picks, and I, th- I think that's huge. He also had 54 rushing yards. So yeah. he's doing it all. Yeah, they he didn't have a touchdown uh, through the air, and that was, I think, the first time in his career that that had happened. But they ran the ball well at the goal line. Kelsey made plays. Williams and McCoy, it's a nice combination. They have enough players there, and they're doing this all without Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill. Clearly, you know who the one-two teams are uh, in the AFC. The rest is completely wide open, but uh, those are the two teams at the top. Ryan, I do want to switch now to the NFC for a second here on the Money Mitch Effect, Ryan Souls. And, uh, you know, looking at this week four slate, there is, I said, one team that might be great, and I think it's mm-hmm. the Saints. And I know Breeze isn't playing right now, but for them to for them to win, for them to win the last two games, even if it's ugly, even if it's the way that they played and other teams were, were missing on chances, I think that says a lot about the resolve in that locker room and just how good that defense is. Mm-hmm. I look at the Rams game as a loss that happened because you lose Breeze mid-game. That's throwing everything you planned right out the window. Absolutely. On the road, I get that. But, um, yeah, I think what they showed, Cowboys were not good. But give credit to that defense, that secondary, especially Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Von Bell. I think this Saints team can be great, and I think if they can just keep holding the fort down until Breeze comes back, they're already you know three and one. I think they're in good shape. Would you say the secondary is probably the most improved part of that entire Saints team over the last two, three years? Yeah, I'd say two years uh, yeah. in particular. When they got Lattimore, I mean, he's as good as any quarterback in the that league. But they've got depth now. You can't really pick on one or the other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we saw, what did we see? The uh, Denver-Jacksonville uh, game comes to mind. Jalen Ramsey didn't play. Joe Flacco was looking good throwing at his replacement. So, looking you know, when good. you only have one corner, guys like Brady and Mahomes will just destroy you. It doesn't even have to be the greats. But um, I think the Saints, their defense, their interior, they're getting a lot of push there. And Bridgewater isn't great, but doesn't necessarily have to be. Like we said, just don't turn the ball over. Don't flip the field. Kamara can create plays and create something out of nothing. 
And I think this team, I think they're understanding that they're in just control mode right now, damage control. If Reese comes back and this team's, you know, five and two, five and three, that's still that's a good huge. position for them to be in. I have to definitely give credit to the defense, but I especially have to give credit to Alvin Kamara because I said when we were when we spoke preseason that with the loss of Mark Ingram, I didn't know if Kamara could handle the workload, and he's been a force on special teams. He's been a force out of the backfield. He's been a force running route. So I got to tip my hat to him. Teddy Bridgewater can't drive the ball down the field, and I think that's that's the hugest problem that they have. But like you said, he's got to be a game manager. And he's been one, and that defense has been able to carry him. And Michael Thomas helps too because Absolutely. you know he's in the mix for one of the best receivers in football. But for what Bridgewater can give you, that possession receiver is huge. And, and I think huge. having him, you know, this is what they're going to be. It's not going to be the pretty Saints with Drew Brees. And, yes, you need Brees to win the title. But if he comes back and he's, he's able to throw the ball in there all right, I think they're going to be a good team. The Cowboys had their first real challenge, and they failed. Uh, I think that's the only way to put it. But, you know, they're going to be kicking themselves because the game was there for them. What do you think this game came down to? Was it just a complete failure by the Cowboy offense? Was it more on Dak Ryan? Do you think the line could have blocked better? Defense played pretty well, only gave up, you know, the 12 points. What do you attribute this loss to most? So I definitely think Dak could have played a little better, but that one pick wasn't it on a Hail Mary late in the game. Yeah. Uh, So I can't even, I can't kill him too much for that. Obviously, you want him to make more crucial throws when. You need to. But anytime I see Ezekiel Elliott and then next to it, I see 18 carries for 35 yards, that tells me exactly why you didn't win the game. Right. And and, and part of it's I do think the line needs to block a little better for their standards. Mm-hmm. The game plan sucked. Like, it wasn't good. You expect more to Garrett and Kellen Moore who have been great up until that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And why weren't they doing the things they were doing previously? Like well, they, they're not they playing stopped. the Dolphins, Redskins, and, you know. But but you can yeah. still run. You can. Yeah. They, they weren't even motioning. You can yeah. still motion. I think uh, the other thing to consider a possibility, Ryan, is Zeke is in week four of basically his what would be his preseason. Preseason. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's shaking the rust off too. It is possible there. But well, yeah. yeah, they just played a high school team last week. So. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is a step up in competition too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fumble that was a, that didn't look quite like a fumble to me was was a big call in that game. But you know, if the Saints deserved one to go their way. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, hundred percent. It opens the door. It opens the door, Ryan, for your squad, the Eagles, though, because they are the next happiest team next to the Saints. If the Cowboys lost the game with uh, you know last week's Thursday night game with how the Eagles offense looked, getting back on track. I think that they're going to be a threat in this division, in this conference, but I think you'd say that the defense, especially the secondary, needs a little work. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, we talked pregame, and my biggest concern is, you know, the Packers were going into this game 3-0, and and the offense really hadn't played well. And I said, man, I hope they don't pick tonight to, to start getting on all cylinders and Aaron Rodgers turns into just – he goes super saiyan on everybody to, for lack of a better phrase. I just think that the front four for Philadelphia really played well, but now that is the only strength of the defense. I'm not going to call the linebackers a weakness. You know, we can call them a neutral, but the secondary is a weakness a hundred percent. 
And no disrespect to Devontae Adams, but when you, the first series of the game, he's leaving a guy in a foot race on a go route or a wheel route up the, up the sideline, when Devontae Adams is beating you in a foot race, your, your secondary has no speed. No speed at all. And you and as good as Devontae Adams is, you shouldn't get beat by him over the top. And yeah. when I saw that, I said, this is dangerous. This isn't good. But Carson Wentz played really well. Not having Deshaun Jackson, I was curious how Jeffrey was going to be if they were rushing him back. And he only had three receptions, but he made him count. And Nelson Aguilar um, didn't catch it, but he didn't drop it either. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, it was all right. Yeah, he. it's just crazy that the Eagles statistically right now are a bottom 10 defense, I think 10th, 10th lowest right now in yards allowed. So mm-hmm. you'd expect that to change. Uh, Wentz showing that he still has the magic in him and the running game really clicking on all cylinders, Jordan Howard getting involved. But certain matchups, you know, a Saints team, a team with a prolific passing attack, I don't really like that for, for the Eagles. But maybe the Cowboys they can match up with pretty well. Got to switch topics now because finally there's something for me to be excited about with the Browns thrashing the Ravens. Love that one. And uh, I think I I speak for everybody in the Cleveland area saying I'm just glad Kitchens woke up on Sunday and remembered that Nick Chubb was good at football. Absolutely. Because that's the key. Because that's the key to this team. Baker's great. They got the receivers, but you need the balance. You need a steady dosage of Nick Chubb. And uh, they got him going, and it really – really made everything else on that offense. Because you do you had to fear him at that point for the Ravens, and that opened everything else up. 100% it opened everything else up. And, you know, they stopped force-feeding the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I think he had two catches. Nick Chubb was, like you said, was the center. But I got to ask you this. Even as a fan, if not a fan, I'm just uh, – I'm, I'm curious. Do you think Baker has regressed a little bit to the pack? Well, you know what? Up until this was the first good game he's played all season. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's clear to say. And you know, I get it. Teams are rusty. You know, the Rams are a tough matchup. Bad games can be had. I didn't like the game plan, so I want to see more. I know it's kind of a cop out, but I'm not going to say no, he's saying. regressed just yet. There okay. are some tendencies you'd like to see him play better. The picks are are still there, and you, you want to wipe that out. Um, right I think the game, yeah, the game, yeah, exactly. His tendency to roll right. The game plan's better. Two things that I would worry about on the offensive side of the ball would be obviously Jarvis Landry with the concussion last, you know, at the end of the game. If mm-hmm. he's not playing Monday and, and this lingers on, that could be bad because he's so huge for this offense. But is Beckham going to be happy if this is what happens? You know, two, three catches and a win. That's what I don't you know. Gotta find out. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as uh, intrigued anymore. I'm more worried. You know, I was just, it was like, oh, I'll see what happens when he's on the Giants. Now I'm going to worry about this. But. No, uh, and props to the defense on the Browns. A lot of injuries. They battled through it. They kept Lamar Jackson from running, and uh, they made him inaccurate. So, uh, Browns mm-hmm. defense, great team win for them as well. Absolutely. And now we have to look at who, you know, the Ravens, if they would have won this game, Ryan, all we would have heard all week was this is clearly the third best team in the AFC. And now you have the Browns tied for first. Ravens are also 2-2. Two and two. The rest of the AFC South is two and two, and now nobody knows who's who's emerged. So uh, it was it was kind of fitting. I think the hype was a little too real for the Ravens. Absolutely, I think it was definitely a little too real. And as much as I like the improvements I've seen from Lamar Jackson, as much as I like Hollywood Brown, 
you start the season against Arizona and then Miami, you know, that's a good way to get your your vertical passing game going 100%. But I got to say this, and as much as I, you know, we love the, the Ravens' defensive greats of old, the Ray Lewis's, the Reeds, and Suggs, you know, we can go to Saragusa, Sam Adams, all those guys. But this Ravens' defense now isn't as advertised of the past. I mean, Earl Thomas is great, but he hasn't learned the defense yet 100%. A lot of blown coverages. A lot of blown coverages. And losing Darius Smith hurts them a ton. I think losing uh, Terrell Suggs hurts them because he was still – he was the Frank Gore on the defense. He was still getting production at his advanced age. And I think the fact that they can't – you know, I really thought Matthew Judon was – was going to be that next and up and com- next up and coming guy, and they can't get to the quarterback. Yeah, it's it's not what you want from the Ravens. The I think they can make adjustments, and and they're they're so based on time of possession. You know, mm-hmm. if they can, yeah. if the Ravens' offense goes with the run game, that makes it easier for the defense. They're still a good team and probably a playoff 100%. team, but yeah, they weren't they weren't as good as uh, we thought. Again, their wins were what the Dolphins and the Cardinals. So that's another <laughs> reason to kind of calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, other games, I will say this yeah. though: if they can play from ahead, I think they can beat anybody. True, That's... but they got to play. They got to play from ahead. That's how they're built. I don't know about the Chiefs. I'm, I mean, I don't know oh, yeah, ahead yeah. or behind or whatever. I think that's you know that's going to be a challenge for them. Uh, I do want to quickly mention something we were wrong about, something I was dead wrong about, and it cost me. Uh, I am out of my eliminator pool because the Colts lost to the Raiders. So maybe the Raiders aren't as bad as we thought they are. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. And, you know, I was a little high on the Colts, even with uh, Andrew Luck being out. And Brissett hasn't looked bad, but the rest of the team just has not been as good as I thought. I expect a little more from Frank Reich. And just the team's kind of been up and down, uh, inconsistent. So. That was a surprise. And the Raiders, they, they look like they make a little bit of sense on the field. And I know they're just probably happy to have A.B. out of there. Yeah, I mean, that, that probably did wonders. They're getting Jacobs the ball. This was a bad game for the Colts, maybe looking ahead to the Chiefs. But I have to talk about that AFC South, Ryan, because everybody's 2-2. Two and two. And, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't see a single play from the Texans-Panthers game. It just seemed like that game was never on red zone or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Texans had opportunities to score, could not, and uh, got to give props to uh, Christian McCaffrey, what he's done this year. I mean, it's uh-huh. one thing to put up the numbers he's done, but if you actually you know, break down the, the film and, and the work rate, he's on the field the entire time. Like They he have is. no backup running back, and they're not starting enough. quarterbacks out, and he still just keeps chugging along. 100%, and that, that's way more of a, a positive reflection on McCaffrey and what does that say about the the Panthers running quarterbacks and our running backs into the ground? So, yeah, we're, we're going to see uh, how this holds up. And I, I hope Christian McCaffrey uh, does what Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. And I think Brian Westbrook did it too. Maybe he was a little short, go for a thousand and a thousand. But I think he's completely capable of that. And I'm going to yeah. see. And, uh, you know, I, your thoughts on the Texans might ring true. Uh, I don't know if this offense, the way it's constructed, is going to be good for Deshaun Watson's long-term health. Not at all. I mean, the football is going to get knocked out of him. And he is so talented. Uh, the, the plays that I just see him make, 
And, you know, he can be a little careless with the football. He can hold on to the ball a little longer. But they aren't doing him any favors at all. And, no. and, I, and I, don't, I know how good DeAndre Hopkins is. He doesn't need to throw one pass in an NFL game. You got that. <laughs> you got number four on your team. Yeah. I don't yeah. care about trickery. You put the ball in the hands of your best player every time. Yeah. Well, I, I hope for their sake they figure it out for our sake watching Deshaun Watson because – He's taken some shots this year and uh, has not played his best football. Uh, one other note on this division. I got to say, I'm starting to catch the uh, the fever. This Minshew is pretty fun to watch. <laughs> he is fun to watch. He, he really is fun to watch. And I just I want to know what Blake Bortles thinks right now. That, that's really what you know, I want to know. You know, what's, you know what's crazy is, and first off, the Broncos, what a brutal start to the season. They're 0-4. Oh, I, don't sure. think they're, I don't think they're that bad. I don't think they're good. But they have, they could be, maybe they could be three and one, depending on how some of these games ended, which is crazy. But Minshew, maybe he's just in the perfect situation, the perfect era. But the one thing he has is accuracy. Accuracy. And you know he makes plays. He doesn't quit on the on the uh, on the throw at all or on the play. But Ryan, he's throwing at about seventy percent accuracy. And if you have that, there's a place for you in the NFL. I don't know whether 100%. it's a long-term franchise quarterback or a long-term backup like Chase Daniel, but there is going to be a place for this kid. There's a hundred percent going to be a place. And if he keeps, yeah, if he keeps playing like this, he just earned himself a whole bunch of money. And just poor Nick Foles. Oh man, because well, yeah, that's. There's no guarantee. Now he gets that job back, and they sign right. him to all that money. It's going to be a tough situation, but I am I am excited to watch him. Uh, certainly, uh, Ryan Souls here on the Money Mitch Effect. We got to break down the game that that shocked everybody: Rams Buccaneers, fifty-five mm-hmm. to forty. The Bucks win this game. Now, the score itself, as was the case a lot of time, doesn't really reflect what happened in this game. So I'm going to try to break it down as simply as possible. The Rams couldn't stop anything. The no. defense offered no resistance, and again, we got a question. Jared Goff's effectiveness in a game that's within reach because he made some mistakes late and, and some, some costly ones early that really hindered his team's chance to mount that comeback. So those are the two things I take away, starting with the best Jameis Winston performance of his life and the final in the first game where Bruce Arians really had his imprint all over this one. The Bucks go to <laughs> go to L.A. and beat the Rams. You know, we both got to take our hats off to Jameis Winston. I know I'm slightly more bullish on James Winston than you, especially with him coming out. But Bruce Arians seems to be helping with this a lot, and I can't be mad at what I'm seeing so far. But can I just switch gears to the Rams really quick? Yeah. Because I understand Aaron Donald gets no blame for this at all. He's getting triple teamed on almost every damn play. And – Somebody has to have a one-on-one in that front seven and they can't make a play. And as much as I respect Aqib Tlaib, as much as I really used to respect Marcus Peters, he kind of freelances and does his own thing. They can't get to the quarterback, and they got a bunch of names on this defense but no production. Yeah, no, and I think I think the biggest, the biggest issue, the biggest shock was, I mean, we thought the secondary for the Rams had its holes, but... The Bucks ran the ball down their throat with, with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. I mean, that opened everything up. There was there was no stopping them. Um, did you see, by the way, the shot Peters took on his interception return? That was one of the hardest hits I've ever seen. 
<laughs> no, I didn't see it. I got to go check oh it out. Oh my now. god, it was it was targeting. It was a lineman. You know, it was okay. a lineman at the goal line. He scored and, and hit him helmet on helmet in the end zone, and it wasn't oh, pretty. Wow. Um, but you know, getting to the Rams' offense. They didn't run the ball because they're down big early. I get that. And then you end up with Goff throwing the ball 60-whatever times. We can talk about Gurley not looking like the same guy, which unfortunately is true. Definitely but want to talk about that. The Goff situation is, is he solid? Sure, but there's more and more evidence in each game where he just doesn't rise up to the moments, where he holds the ball too long, where he throws it away, where you're saying to yourself, he didn't play bad, but... You'd like to see more out of the guy that just got this long-term mega deal. And to your point, I think him and Gurley's performance thus far really go hand-in-hand, hand, more more tilted to Jared Goff, because when they don't have the play-action pass, when they can't stay in three receivers, one back, one tight end, and have all this shifting and motioning, but they're really just a running football team. You're asking Jared Goff to throw the ball 68 times, and he's shown, like you said, crucial throws, decisions. You know, you let, you're drafting a guy, you're paying this guy this much money. If you got to throw the ball 68 times, you shouldn't lose. Right. It's and, uh, and you shouldn't at least you shouldn't throw three interceptions, especially. I feel like this Bucks team is uh, <laughs> is, is going to be entertaining all year. They have the they have Absolutely. the making of an eight and eight team that you don't know what's going to expect. You know what's going to happen. You know, they beat the Saints last year in Week One. So right. uh, and we got to talk about Shaq Barrett, man. Dude, I was going to say nine sacks on the year. This guy was <laughs> this guy was undrafted. He played football at Colorado State, and now he's got a you know he's got a sizable sack lead already, and he was unblockable in that um, game. So props to him. And the only reason um, he's on Tampa Bay is because he was playing behind Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, so he didn't get a opportunity. Oof. Yeah, it's it's scary. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. This girly thing is just tough to watch, unfortunately, because we know what he was capable of, and, you know, he's only 25 years old. Uh, a lot to, uh, to break down there. Also want to pay our respects to another team that's dead and finished, Ryan, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's just getting sad now, and uh, offensively, you know, whether whether Matt Ryan's jumped the shark or not, I just hate everything about their game plan every week. 100%. That's the thing that stands out to me. It's like, what what are they trying to do? And, and yeah, Ryan has, has played dreadful at times, but you know, the play calling has been worse. Would you – okay, so two questions. First one, I know is a short one. Would you ever believe that you would say a team misses having Steve Sarkeesian? It's pretty crazy. It's pretty nuts. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, think, they I think Alabama would give him back. <laughs> I think so, too. I think they 100% give him back. But the second thing I was going to get to, and the second, well, the second question I had, would you agree that Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore are probably the best receivers in their class? In that class? Probably. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at everybody. So, Ridley is a yeah. stud. He is, and you got Ridley and Julio Jones next to each other. I think Ridley is probably, and maybe this is reaching, but I think he's better than Roddy White ever was. Mm, well, and it's looking that way. I'm going to also put Chris Godwin in there. Uh, 100%. Well, that was 17 oh, yeah, Chris draft. Out. Yeah, That's a 17 yeah. draft. So not, mm-hmm. he's not eligible for this one. But yeah, no, uh, no. probably you're right then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have weapons. The running game. It's not supposed to look like this. No, it's not. Like, 
the Titans just find a way to win every game they're not supposed to. They're like the they're kind of like the Bucks in that regard, where when they have expectations, they suck, but they figure out a way. Mariota, by the way, only QB to not have a turnover. That's who crazy. started every game? So, <laughs> and just no, when I'm man, ready to kick these QBs to the curb, they they you know they pull it out. Man, so. I was getting ready to say the same thing. Like just when I'm willing to kick Mariota to the curb, finally he does something. If he's just not. When, if you're sick of Winston. He yeah. does AJ Brown looks like a legit receiver, maybe the best Mariota's ever had. And yeah, he's not turning the ball over, which is something to build on. So uh that was that the other the last game I did want to break down was that Bears Vikings one because Trubisky gets knocked out, played well against the Redskins, wasn't playing well before that. Daniel comes in, does what a backup should do, ideally would do, manages the game, makes a couple throws. And then it was just a heavy dose of that Bears defense to just smother the Vikings into submission. So not how they drew it up originally, but that's the game plan for the Bears at home. Don't need a great offense, just need something confident, and then it's hammer time on defense. I mean, that should be the Bears game plan on the home, on the road, wherever. You play in a parking lot, it shouldn't matter. Get these pass rushers to the quarterback. And if they can do that, they got a chance to not have Mitchell Trubisky lose it for him. Well, and can I say one other thing? I know I might be slightly biased, uh, but I don't think uh, – yeah, he played poorly in the first two games. Everybody knows that. But in the first game specifically, the game plan was atrocious. They did not run the ball. I agree. So what are we – so, yes, they should, oh, never be, they should never be getting into a situation where they're even putting it in Trubisky's hands and throw it 40 times. I'll say something else in defense of Mitch Trubisky also – Matt Nagy, who's a, from the Andy Reid coaching tree, I think one indictment is on him because you look at the Chiefs play, and obviously they got four or three guys. But Patrick Mahomes' job is a lot easier when you see these receivers running wide open because of the scheme. You don't ever see Bears receivers just running wide open. And then secondly, I don't think they have a number one receiver at all. So it's hard. You're asking a lot of Trubisky to put the ball in windows to guys who really can't get open and a scheme who's not really getting guys open. Yeah. Well, what it what they had <laughs> what they had worked to uh, perfection. Part of it was because the Vikings' pass game is just so pathetic right now. <laughs> I mean, no, you have Kirk you have like the leading. Better. Yeah, you have. <laughs> Call it what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would you rather? <laughs> I almost feel like I'd rather have Trubisky than Cousins at this point because he can run a little bit and, and he's not just a statue back there. I mean, well, Dalvin Cook, either. and he's not he doesn't have the contract either. That's the other big thing. But Dalvin Cook's like a leading rusher in the league, and they just can't throw the ball. The receivers, Thielen's calling him out a little bit. It's bad in Minnesota, and they're wasting their own good defense too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this division race is going to be something because the Vikings aren't dead with their defense, and the Bears are now 3-1, and one, the Packers 3-1, and one, and, of course, the Lions 2-1-1. One one. So maybe this is the deepest division in football. It could be. I mean, it really could be. And it's going to be fun as the weather starts to get cold as well when these teams play each other. I'm really interested to see if Kirk Cousins or Mitchell Trubisky can throw it outside in the cold. It's going to be the telltale thing. Uh, before we wrap this up on the money, Mitch, Ryan Souls talking NFL football. want to give a shout-out to two receivers in, in particular, Ryan. The leading receiver in the NFL this year is Keenan Allen, which is just great to see what he does. Another guy that doesn't get talked about as much in the top tier, but his yardage has been astounding this year. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, our boy moving into second all time on the receptions list, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that, that's incredible. And I'll speak on Larry first. He's just, he's had a stellar career, and it's a shame that he only got to have a handful of some Kurt Warner years. And I think, was it two Carlson Palmer years? Well, so, the two that really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, uh, just didn't benefit from quality quarterback play. And I wish we could move his timeline back maybe just five years so we could see how he does with Kyler Murray. But it's incredible of seeing what he's done. But to me, what's even more incredible is you look at him and then you look at Jerry Rice's stats and you see how far away Larry Fitzgerald is. Mm. And that just speaks to, to me, uh, the go to that position. But I was going to ask you about Keenan Allen between Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas, who do you think is the best receiver that we don't talk about? Well, Thomas got that big deal, and I think you know he's in that discussion now. I would say Keenan because he does everything on the field for that team. I really he does. do. Uh, he does. Keenan's up there, and uh, you know Godwin's been balling out as we mentioned. He's in that like mm-hmm. next tier. Uh, guys like Calvin Ridley too that just keep keep performing and performing well. So those are the guys, Ryan. Uh, the last thing I want to do is look at Week Five and, and what's got your attention as we as we look at a decent slate of games, but we're getting into October football. What do you like this week? So as I'm pulling up the schedule, you know, October football is so much fun. The first game that really gets me and I think is pivotal is uh, Ram Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, The Rams not looking the best. Uh, Seattle, I think Russell Wilson is just playing phenomenally. Phenomenally, excuse me. And it will be interesting to see that matchup. And then my second game, I would have to say, is I'm in between Dallas Green Bay. It's a good one. And your squad versus Jimmy G. Yeah, what do the Niners have? Well, I'll tell you what they do have. Uh, a very uh, underrated defense. They have mm-hmm. been going out on that side of the ball. And I'll tell you what frightens me is that tight end, George Kittle. Because George Kittle, we've, he's we've fast. Been weak, we've been weak at the, covering the tight end position. So hopefully he's part of the game plan. But Jimmy G's had some reckless football in him as well. Uh, that's mm-hmm. going to be a fun one. Another Monday night game for the Browns. Uh, Packers Cowboys you mentioned real good litmus test for both those teams to see you know where they are and uh, you know I'm also looking if the Vikings bounce back against uh, the new talk in New York Danny Dimes Daniel Jones that'll be an interesting game that will be who would you take who would you take Ryan if they played each other if your life depended on it Redskins Dolphins who really is the worst team in football? Oh, I'm going with Washington all day. There's I would, no I would, way. I, I, I worry about you saying all day. I know the Dolphins are terrible, but the Redskins aren't far behind. I no, agree with not. you, but the Redskins are an abomination, and uh, it's not pretty in D.C. either. They're 100% an abomination. Okay, let me add a caveat. I'm picking these two teams – but I get I have coaching decisions over both of them, so I I could tell Jay Gruden not to make horrible quarterback decisions mm. right now yeah. and to run the football. Don't bench your quarterback in the second quarter. Don't even wait till halftime. Yeah, I don't know how true this is, but the there's a rumor going and that I've read that uh, Haskins didn't even practice with the first team. 
It's it's a joke. Gruden's even Gruden is the odds-on favorite now to get fired first coach, and uh, you can clearly see can. why. I think he can't wait. <laughs> he wants maybe yeah maybe he just wants to get out of there. Uh, I don't know, but we'll see. Ryan, Ryan, this was a blast. Thanks for coming on, and we'll be doing this next month, checking back in, seeing where uh, the NFL leads us. But thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. That's it for today's show. A reminder, you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. As well as follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. Lots in the sports world. We mentioned hockey starts tonight and uh, all through this weekend. So your team will be in action soon. Going uh, to love that, of course. We got football this weekend and some college as well on Saturday. We haven't been talking about that as much. Ohio State looks loaded. They got Michigan State, uh, who can give them some tricky matchups. So I'd look out for that one. But it, there is a lot of good games. Will Michigan bounce back? Will they get that much needed, somewhat impressive win against Iowa? I think it'd be an impressive win based on how Iowa's played. That's a big one as well. And in the SEC, you got Auburn and Florida this weekend. Not the not the most appetizing or appealing slate on the eyes, but we've seen some of the best games as a result of that in certain weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for pro football as well. We're going to also talk playoff baseball coming up here with the Nats winning win a burn burner last night, scoring three with two outs in the eighth over the Brewers. A's, Rays tonight, and then the divisional round gets going. So I'm Mitch Michaels. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Keep enjoying sports, and I'll talk to you next time.